So I want to get back into the Ohio Senate race now. It's been a few days since we've talked with any of the candidates about this. We've been uh, giving equal time to every candidate who wants it uh, to talk about this, uh, particularly the five that were on the debate stages uh, in uh, recent uh, events. And one of them, of course, is Josh Mandel. Josh Mandel was the leader in the polling for a good portion of this uh, primary fight. He has since been overtaken by Mike Gibbons in a number of polls. Now it's pretty much a neck-and-neck race. But, of course, uh, Josh famously got into it with Mike Gibbons on a debate stage just a few short weeks ago and since then has engaged in an ad campaign that has a lot of people talking, including yours truly. And Josh Mandel joins us now to talk about that and to talk about a pretty big-name endorsement uh, that just uh, went into his column from the United States Senate. Josh Mandel, thanks for joining us back on the air again. How are you, sir? Hey, Bob. Always good to be on, and thanks for all you do to stand up for our personal freedom and and liberty. You bet. That's what it is all about, no question. And I know we see eye-to-eye on that. Before we get into what we don't see eye-to-eye on and some things that I've said on the radio and that I've told you personally as well, let's talk about the big-name endorsement. I won't even give the name. I'll just let you make the announcement. Sure. Yesterday, uh, Ted Cruz endorsed me. I'm uh, proud to have the support of Ted Cruz Listen, when I look at the U.S. Senate, uh, I see that a lot of the Republicans there, unfortunately, are wimps. Uh, they are soft and squishy, and they, they just they go to Washington, and I don't know, they drink the water, and they just become wimps, and they lose their spine. Ted Cruz is the opposite of that. Ted Cruz has backbone, spine, a fighter mentality, and that's the kind of fighter I'm going to be in the U.S. Senate. You know, yes, we'll take on the radical left. Yes, we'll take on the secular left. But just as quick, Bob will take on the Republican Party bosses if they're acting like Democrats or if they're giving cover to the Democrats. And and my personal feeling is now is not the time for bipartisanship. Uh, Now is the time for fighters. Uh, That's what Ted Cruz is. That's what I am, Josh Mandel. We've got to do everything we can to elect steel-spined fighters to the U.S. Senate. Well, i got to tell you, I'm not going to lie, um, uh, Ted Cruz's endorsement does carry weight with me. I have long been an admirer of his. As a matter of fact, in 2016, in the primaries, he was my first choice. Uh, and, in fact, he was the only guy to win more than, uh, you know, win double-digit uh, caucuses and primaries in that uh, primary phase, um, which, of course, uh, Donald Trump won and, and changed the country. But I was a huge Ted Cruz fan, and I continue to be one. To me, he's one of the smartest members of the United States Senate uh, in in my lifetime. Uh, I, I think he is an absolute encyclopedia when it comes to the Constitution. I think he's, he's an encyclopedia when it comes to the U.S. Code as well. I think he just really gets it and understands it, is a true dyed-in-the-wool conservative. So that um, I have to say, that carries a lot of weight for me, and I'm guessing you're hoping it carries a lot of weight with a lot of voters. And we heard from uh, voters all over the state yesterday, obviously a ton here in northeast Ohio, but frankly we heard from voters all over Ohio yesterday who said they were on the fence in this race for U.S. Senate, but once they saw that Ted Cruz was endorsing me, they said, you know what, Josh, we're going to support you as well. And, uh, you know, I think this endorsement from Ted Cruz, it signals to the voters of Ohio that I'm the true conservative fighter in this race, and not to take anything away from my opponents, but... Out of seven people running for U.S. Senate, there's only one of us who actually has the scars from taking on John Kasich, the scars from taking on the teacher unions, the scars from taking on big Democrat leaders, but also Republican bosses when they're acting like, like Democrats, and that's me. And, you know, I think if, if voters, you know, put one of my opponents in office, they're taking a big risk. You know, they're taking a risk that whoever they put in office, you know, might just lay, lay down or take a knee for Schumer, Pelosi, and the 
squishy establishment Republican bosses. Whereas with me, Bob, they know in the U.S. Senate I'll be a fighter because, uh, you know, past is prologue. I've got a proven record. I took on John Kasich when Kasich was trying to do Medicaid expansion. I led the charge against it. I said, we don't want Obamacare in Ohio. When Kasich was trying to stop the heartbeat bill, I led the charge to try to pass the heartbeat bill to stop abortion in Ohio. When Kasich was trying to keep the state's finances in the dark, I took the entire state of Ohio's checkbook and I put it online. I said the taxpayers have a right to know how the tax money is being spent. And time and time again, you know, I've stood up for the Constitution, for personal freedom, for individual liberty, and I didn't care whether I was taking on Republican bosses or Democrat bosses. You know, for me, it's about standing up for the Constitution and for our freedom, not some political shirts for skins type of game. Well, congratulations to you on the endorsement from Ted Cruz. Like I said, I know that means a lot to a lot of people. One of my other favorite members of uh, the United States Senate, by the way, Rand Paul, of course, is in the camp of your lead opponent. I should say your lead opponent. The other guy who's at the top of the polls with you, uh, Mike Gibbons. So it is kind of interesting there. you got two very strong-minded conservatives. I know Rand Paul considers himself a libertarian, uh, but you got two very strong conservative patriots there who are backing the top two horses in this uh, in this race. So congratulations to you for that. Um, One of the things that I like about Rand Paul, one of my favorite Rand Paul quotes is, I love when Rand Paul says, Republicans have to learn the word no. And it's so true. You know, these Republicans, they go to Washington to do good, and then they stay in Washington to do well. You know, well for themselves, well for their lobbyists, cronies, well for their family members, and they stuff money in their own pockets because, you know, they, they get, you know, carrot. The carrot and the stick, the Republican bosses convince them to vote for these garbage bills. And, uh, you know, Rand Paul says it well. Ted Cruz says it well. Mike Lee says it well. Republicans got to learn the word no. No to the reckless spending. No to the big government. No to, like, all the earmarks and all this the garbage. Like, this is the tax money of the people of Ohio. This is the tax money people of America. And we need conservatives who are willing to say no to the big spenders and stop well, it. Well, since you brought it up, and before I get into the, to the Gibbons thing again and that ad campaign, um, how are you going to do that? Um, see, here's the thing, Josh. There are a lot, and you, I'm sure you realize it. Uh, there are a lot of good-minded, uh, good people, rather, with uh, with 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 good hearts and clear minds who go there to do exactly what you're talking about. But the way Washington works, and in particular the legislative process works, they make you make a choice, and they want to know. Which way do you want to be beaten up by the by your base or by the press, depending on which side you go? For example, the last bill to uh, help fund uh, uh, the Ukrainian war effort to defend against Russia. It was a massive bill, but they added a bunch of crap into it, like earmarks. The return of earmarks, I mean, billions and billions of, of uh, discretionary dollars uh, for... Um, uh, Democrats, largely Democrats districts, were brought back into this. And then if a Republican, say you, let's say you were voting for that, said mm-hmm. no, because I'm not letting you have earmarks, they immediately brand you as being anti-Ukraine, anti-freedom, and pro-Putin because you didn't vote mm-hmm. to arm the Ukrainians. Now, this is just the way that it's done there, and it always has been. So you go in there all idealistic. I mean, how are you going to deal with that? You vote yay for Ukraine. You also green, you also um, green light earmarks, and then you're going to get blasted by conservatives who don't want you to do that. So you see what I'm saying? This this turns a lot of good-hearted, well-intentioned people into cynics because there is no way to win that when they combine very differing uh, ideals in the same bill. Yeah, I think it's a it's a really intelligent point you bring up, and I think one of the best ways to combat it is to build a Freedom Caucus in the U.S. Senate the same way that Jim Jordan did in the U.S. House. And, you know, when when Boehner was Speaker, 
you know, Boehner was running roughshod on the conservatives um, in the in, in the in the House. And, and frankly, if he had a choice of working with Jim Jordan to make a bill more conservative and get it passed, or working with Nancy Pelosi to make it more liberal and get it passed, Boehner would work with Pelosi. It was gross. So Jim Jordan creates this. House Freedom Fund, House Freedom Caucus, and power through numbers, all of a sudden they've got a caucus big enough to stop this stuff. And that's something I'd like to try to do in the U.S. Senate, you know, working with Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and Mike Lee and Cynthia Lummis and Ron Johnson and others. And then a lot of the people we're going to elect around the country this year, if we can build like a Senate Freedom Caucus the same way Jim Jordan did in the House, you can combat a lot of what you're talking about. Um, you know, when they, you know, create these Christmas tree type bills and they hang all these ornaments off of it as, uh, you know, as, as a temptation for people to vote for bad bills. And so I think that's one of the, the most important things is to, to power in numbers, create a Senate Freedom Caucus the same way that Jim Jordan built one in the House. Yeah, that that would be nice to see if they could get some strength in numbers. But as you know, you know, there's hundreds of Republicans in the House, and the and the Freedom Caucus is only maybe three dozen strong. It's hard to get people to want to join up with a you know with a caucus like that because again, the the way the media paints everything, well, these are the far right extremists. So if you can only find three dozen and hundreds of members, you know, it's going to be hard to build a a significant size caucus in a in a you know in a in a Senate body where there's only a hundred people and 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 roughly half of them are, are in your party. Listen, I, I get called a far-right extremist and hard-right all the time. and you know, People say, Josh Mandel is too hard-right. My personal feeling, Bob, is that there's no such thing as too hard-right, because hard-right means I'm a total constitutionalist. You know, People say, Josh Mandel is too America first. There's no such thing as too America first. Too America first means that we're putting the American people ahead of foreigners. And so I wear it as a badge of honor. I, I take it as a compliment when people say Josh Mandel is too hard right or too America first. And, you know, I, I think we should embrace and lead on that. And if the liberal media, which is just a bunch of – they're just a bunch of liberal activists masquerading as journalists, if they want to call us names, whether it's extremists or racists or transphobes or whatever – by all means, call us names. It doesn't make it true. I mean, I, I get called a racist every other day. There, there's no truth to it whatsoever. And frankly, Bob, I think the intolerant ones are the left, because our ideas rooted in biblical principles, rooted in the Judeo-Christian bedrock of America, our ideas have been around for thousands of years. Their ideas, they're making up on the fly. You know, boys playing girls' sports, all this transgender craziness, critical race theory, environmental like radicalism. They're making it up as they go, and, 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 the, and the fundamental difference is the left believes in one nation under government. You and I and your listeners, we believe in one nation under God. And when you believe in one nation under God, the rules don't change because the rules have been around for thousands of years. But when someone like Schumer, Pelosi, Tim Ryan, even Mitt Romney believe in one nation under government, the rules change all the time. No, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Josh Mandel is my guest, of course, candidate for the United States Senate. Josh, I'm glad you, co- uh, you came on because I wasn't sure you'd want to come back on because of uh, this other issue. I said it to you the first day I interviewed you, uh, two days after the uh, the little kerfuffle you got into with Gibbons on the stage. Um, you, you were making comments about your military service, claiming that he attacked your military service and said it wasn't real work. And I played it back, and I said, no, he didn't, Josh. You, you, you're, you're flipping over backwards here to make that. I said, don't do 
that. You're better than that. Answer his criticism. Answer his questions about your, your private sector service or, or, or employment, because that's what he said. And then you talked about your private sector experience. And I said, good. See, that's what it's about. And if you want to attack Gibbons, there's plenty to attack. Do it. But I said, don't do this, because this is dishonest. It's desperate. I said that to your face, and I said that, well, not to your face, but on the, on the air together. Uh, and then I said it in commentary. I said, Josh Mandel has, is, is, is disappointing me. He is disgusting me, uh, because this is dishonest. Uh, this ad campaign, when you got a bunch of veterans out there and gold star moms to repeat the lie that, uh, that Mike Gibbons attacked military service and said it wasn't work or it wasn't honorable. And that not only he said that about you, but that would therefore extend to all veterans. Uh, and you got this, this campaign going on, Josh. And every time I saw those commercials over the last two weeks, I just cringed. I said, he's so much better than that. This is a guy I have deep respect for. Why is he diving into this pit of dishonesty to score political points against the guy in front of him? I know politics is dirty, but there's a way to campaign negative, and then there's a way to campaign dishonest. Now, I told you, I respect you. You know that. I like a lot of things about you as a candidate. I like a lot of things about some of the others as a candidate, too, including Gibbons. I don't like this. This is not what Republicans and conservatives are supposed to do. So that's my criticism, Josh. Um, you engaged in a seven, I, I read that it was a $750,000 smear campaign against something that the guy said in a heated moment with you, but was not said, let me rephrase, about something that you claim he said in a heated moment uh, uh, with you, but it is not what he said, as he talked about your private sector experience or lack thereof. So how do you respond to that, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I, I think both of us got very passionate that night. Um, obviously, we got in each other's faces. And I think both of us are, are sort of wired in a way where uh, when someone comes at us, we go back at them. And, uh, you know, I think that's what happened on the, the stage that night. And, you know, I think that's what ensued, uh, you know, on TV over the past couple weeks as well. You know, one thing that's a little probably, different, yes, though, Josh. Before you go on, passion and heat of the moment explains the stuff on stage. Totally agree. Get it? I've gotten into screaming matches with people too, right? In the moment, but a coordinated ad campaign is no longer passion and heat of the moment. It's strategic. It's tactical. It's re- it's it's filming. It's getting interviews and so forth. It is a planned course there that you can't just uh, uh, you can't just explain away with. Well, it was a heat of the moment because it wasn't. Well, I mean, what happened on that stage? That night was not planned at all. No, 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 um, no. I'm not talking about that. I, I know that. I know. I, I said that. That's heat of the moment. You got into a shouting match with a guy. I get it. You just explained that very well. I'm saying the ad campaign though was not heat of the moment. That was after the heat of the moment thing happened. Now you said, "What are we going to do?" And you, you came. You and your team came up with this ad campaign, which is, of course, well, now long after the fact. So it's not heat of the moment. And then now this is a this is a decision you make to go in and run this campaign. That's what I want you to respond to. Yeah, let me, let me, I guess, correct you respectfully on just sort of the order of things. So after Gibbons made those statements, we had veterans from all over the state and, frankly, all over the country reach out to our campaign who were outraged by what he said. And so let's put aside for a moment your opinion on what he said and put aside my opinion. You see, Josh, but this is where we disagree, and this is where I can't let that go. It's not an opinion on what he said. It's on tape. 
and he screamed at you, you have never been in the private sector. You don't know squat. You've never been in the private sector. You don't know squat. We played it. You can play it. We can all play it again and again and again, and it's not going to change what he says. There's no opinions there. He said you and as you know, and as Vance said to you after the fact, two tours in Iraq is not the private sector. The military is, the, the Marine Corps is not the private sector. No one said that that isn't work, including Gibbons. No one said that it isn't honorable, including Gibbons, but it's not private sector, which was the focus of that discussion when you attacked them on Chinese investments, which, by the way, was a very legitimate attack and a great point you raised. And that's what bothers me. You could, you could hit him on so many things related to that. You didn't need to resort to this. Which, like I said, I believe to be completely dishonest. You didn't have to do that. Go ahead. Well, I think as the uh, campaign develops, you're going to hear us talking more and more about the fact that Mike Gibbons lined his pockets by taking American companies and American jobs and selling them to China and selling them to India and selling them to Mexico. And, you know, he was doing this at the very exact time that President Trump was running and leading on an America First agenda to bring American jobs back to Ohio and back to our country. And so what Gibbons did was not illegal, um, but I would say that it was completely antithetical to President Trump's America First agenda. And it's the total opposite of what's good for people here in Northeast Ohio and throughout our state. And so I I think Mike Gibbons is going to have to answer for that. And, you know, we're not going to you know, we're not going to take the heat off. And the reality is that elections are choices. The voters are going to have a choice. And if the voters of Ohio care about bringing jobs back to our state, taking them back from China and back from India and back from Mexico, like me, Josh Mandel, I am the guy who will fight for that fight, just like President Trump did. And, you know, Mike Gibbons, the reality is he's got no moral authority to fight that fight because he's literally stuffed his pockets by taking American companies and selling them into China. And so, you know, that is a fight that we are looking forward to having. It's a debate we're looking forward to having. And, you know, I hear your constructive criticism loud and clear that we should focus on Gibbons line in his pockets with Chinese money um, rather than other stuff. I hear you loud and clear, and uh, I think you're going to see a lot of that coming up. Well, congratulations. That's that's what I'm talking about. That's campaigning, and that's pointing out very legitimate concerns about one of your opponents, and I have no problem with that at all, and you better believe the next time I have Mike Gibbons on the air, I'm going to ask him about all of those things that you just said, because that's fair and that's legitimate. The stuff where you're having other people uh, repeat uh, words that he did not say as if he did, uh, I, is that over? Is that is that part of the, the campaign between now and May 3rd over? Well, starting this morning... Uh, on televisions all over the Cleveland area. Um, we have a, uh, and in markets, other markets all over the state, we have a new ad running. I, I sent it to you. I don't know if you guys are able to play it on the air. I um, do. I have you, it. Yeah, can, can you play it real yeah, quick? Yeah, or? it's 30 seconds. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to respond to it and tell people what it means. Critical race theory is crap. Martin Luther King marched right here. So skin color wouldn't matter. I didn't do two tours in Ambar province, fighting alongside Marines of every color to come home and be called a racist. There's nothing racist about stopping critical race theory and loving America. Josh Mandel, pro-God, pro-gun, 
pro-Trump. When you sent that to me this morning, I replied to you, that's a great ad, and that's something that I think you should be doing. I hope it replaces all of the other ads, which I found to be, like I said, just very, very uh, desperate-looking and very dishonest. So I'm very happy you're doing this now. Can you, uh, you want to expand upon that? It, we put that up on, on the air this morning. I'm, I'm already getting attacked from these like Black Lives Matter activists and all these other folks on the left because they're... You know, they're, they're outraged that I'm quoting Martin Luther King and I'm marching on the Selma Bridge where he marched, talking about the fact that critical race theory is garbage and it's trash and we shouldn't be teaching it to our kids. In fact, we should instill in our kids love for everyone, regardless of their skin color. Like, who cares what color skin people have? Who cares what religion they are? Who cares where they came from or how much money or little money their mommy and daddy have? Let's treat everyone with dignity and respect and you know, our message, I believe, should be referencing what Martin Luther King said, that we should judge people based on the content of one's character, not the color of one's skin. And what the left is doing in this country is they're trying to make everything about race and make everything about skin color. And you want to know who the racists are, Bob? It's the Democrats. It's the left. All these people like Al Sharpton and Joy Reid on MSNBC and uh, what's his name, uh, Jesse Jackson and Stacey Abrams down in Georgia, they are the racists. They are the intolerant ones. And, you know, I, I believe we you are the ones one standing up th- for You skipped one name I think you should include there, and that's Joe that? Biden. Joe Biden. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, quite literally. I mean, seriously, he has a, a, a just a, a history, a career history, both extended and recent, of extraordinarily racist statements that he never, ever gets held to account for while they try, try to turn to people like you and me and say we're racist because we point out the insanity of, of uh, judging people on skin color instead of, as you say, on content uh, of their character. Josh, I'm out of time. We're up against the top of the hour. I'm glad you came back on. Uh, I'm glad that campaign is ending. Uh, like I said to you before, and, and please accept this in the spirit intended. I'm not your father. I'm not trying to talk down to you when I say you're better than that. Uh, I'm telling you that as a voter and as a, a true conservative who wants the right thing for this country, who knows you. You are better than that campaign, and I'm very glad that it's over. Bob, thank you. Thanks for all you do to stand up for our constitutional principles and for a strong America for our kids and grandkids. Um, for any of your listeners, they want to learn more about me. It's joshmandel.com, J-O-S-H-M-A-N-D-E-L.com. I'm going to Washington to fight, and I'm going to fight with two documents in hand, with the Bible in one hand and the Constitution in the other. Josh Mandel, thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.